0: Hello and welcome to the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. My name is Austin and I am the DM and host of said Beer and Pretzel Podcast. We're a podcast that examines different one-shot role-playing games. We play them, I usually do a review, sometimes with my other co-hosts or not, and we try to interview the creators of the games that we play. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out the Green Knight actual play podcast that we just did. We did two episodes full of music, sound effects. Uh, it was a great time. It was a good episode of uh, Brad, Travis, Becky, and I playing the Green Knight, uh, the fantasy role-playing game based off of A24's recent film. We played the whole mini campaign arc from the box. And yeah, good episode. Be able to check it out. Jumping into the review of the Green Knight role-playing game. So first of all, I was a little skeptical going into this, of course, cuz usually movie tie-ins to board games, role-playing games or video games are usually not great. But I was excited for this for a couple reasons. A24 films, they don't try to usually just try to get any kind of money they can off their films. They're not, you know, Disney or something. They usually put out great products in terms of the movies they produce and also the merchandise they put out from their movies. Uh, They have a lot of great stuff for the lighthouse and uncut gems I want to purchase at some point soon. For the Green Knight role-playing game, it was an interesting idea to take this movie and this tale based off a medieval poem and translate it to a role-playing game in a really cool box that it comes in. So the Green Knight comes in a starter set, so it's like a lot of D&D starter sets like the Rick and Morty starter set, the Stranger Things one, basically the same size box. It's kind of weathered to look like an older game that's been put through use. And the cover art is great. Nice bright green, beautiful art of the Green Knight about to cut off the knight's head with the fox and the ghost in the background. Very nice looking box, and it also comes with a really cool little map. Uh, not exactly like super well made or anything. It's kind of put on kind of like cheap paper, but it's a nice little touch that shows, I assume to be Camelot in the surrounding cities of the land. And there's a couple of tieings to other A24 films, including Midsummer. Inside the box, of course, we have the GM guide that goes into how you play the game and the adventure that the game comes with, which is the classic Green Knight tale from the movie. Also, there are five different characters that comes as sheets, which we have what we have here. we got the hunter, the knight, the noble, the bard, and I think one more, a sorcerer. So five different classes to pick from. They're all pretty easy to fill out. The main questions that you answer besides, uh, what are they? Where were you when you met the Green Knight? Why did you strike down the Green Knight? And what do you do in the year between then and now? That's the main thing that you really have to think about for these characters. Just pick on class, fill out the background questions, and then choose in a couple abilities and skills. You take two abilities and you pick four skills. The skills can be from the abilities that you've chosen or not. So, for example, courage, the ability has three skills, intimidation, endurance, and authority if you were able to put your point into courage and into one or more of the skills you would have plus four rather than just plus two you get plus two from putting your points into abilities and plus two for putting a point into skills so that's basically how b- you build the characters you also choose one special move and then you choose a virtue or vice for the characters kind of what adds to the role playing game element of it So, for Virtue, you can choose if you want your character to be modest, uh, temperate, forgiven, generous, wise. Vice is the negative aspect to your character. So, lazy, vengeful, proud, gluttonous, stuff like that. So, characters, they don't take too long, less than 10 minutes, I would say. And at the top of the sheet, the only other thing that you track what your hit points would be in this game is the Scale of Dishonor, which ranges from 1 to 20. And that kind of ranges from... If you are a Knight of Honor or dishonor, do you do a lot of dishonorable actions or honorable actions throughout the campaign? I do give the game props for making an easy enough character creation concept to uh, put in the hands of the players. It doesn't take too long to make and pretty much anyone can figure it out. So the game works for hardcore role-playing game players and also people who are new to it. And maybe this is their first game of uh, a first role-playing game, at least. Or maybe they're just fans in a movie and they just want to try this out, think it was a board game or whatnot. But the one thing, negative thing I would put against it is that I'm not aware of where I can get more character sheets. So once these are filled out, especially if they're done with a pen, they get kind of used up, especially with the dishonor and honor track, because it's constantly going up and down depending on how well you roll. So that section gets all kind of torn up. On their website, I hope I can find, but I've not seen anything in the rule book or on the box saying that, hey, you can go to a certain website and download more character um, sheets if you need for future playthroughs. And that's okay, I guess, but this game is kind of very much used as a one-shot, not only in terms of just playing it as a one-shot over one night. We played this game in two hours, so we split into two, like 45 minute long episodes. But also I think it's kind of one shot in that I'm not sure if I'm really ever gonna run this game again. This is a game that could work if I run for different groups, but not really for the same group of people. This game comes with an adventure book based off the movie, which was fun for us to play and we had a really good episode about it. But besides that, the game is structured in a way that would be very hard to come up with your own adventure. I don't think there's ever going to be any other adventures that are going to be added. And there are a couple ones at the back of the book, which is pretty humorous, which are based off other A24 films. So for example, when we get to the back of the book here. Um, So there's The Black Opal Adventure, which is based off Uncut Gems, The Winter Festival, which is of course based off Midsommar, and The Drunken Keepers, which is based off The Lighthouse. And those are like paragraph-long ideas for future adventures you can do, but I think they're more kind of fluff for the adventure book or just for A24 film fanatics. Because how this game is set up in a positive and negative way is that the game is very well structured. It is timed out in a way that your characters will live and die by the system. And if I had to make my own adventure, I think I would accidentally create it in a way that would either be too hard or too easy. Cause this game works very well in the structure it gives. Now let's break that down. So a green knight role-playing game, I love for its mechanics. The mechanics are awesome in that you have one 20-sided die, which it comes with the game. You get this really cool green knight, uh, black and green D20. Throughout the game, you just roll out one dice, no D6s, D8s or anything else. Once a encounter happens and we played, I think four different encounters. So kind of like, almost like a different act. This was kind of spread across four acts in a way with the final act being the confrontation with the green knight. Every encounter you roll kind of like an initiative. I forget which skill it is, but there's a skill that's directly used as like the initiative skill. Whoever gets the highest is the encounter leader. That character determines when an encounter ends. So if they believe that they've filled everything they need to do with this encounter, they can just end it. And that's important because every single round you gain a point of dishonor. Like I said before, this game, you have a range of one to 20 honor and dishonor points and that directly shows what you need to roll to succeed. The game, you start at the beginning of the game with 10 honor. At that point, if you roll an honorable action, which most times you are rolling something honorable because you are supposed to be playing good characters, you're not playing evil characters. That's a good way for the game to end very quickly. You roll over at or above what your honor is. So at the beginning of the game, it's pretty much 50-50, but you also get your modifiers from your abilities and skills. But then after that, for every success you make, your honor goes up for every failure you get, your dishonor goes down. So you get a lot of successes or failures in a row and your honor and dishonor is going to jump all over the place. At the beginning, unfortunately, there was a lot of bad rolls in our playthrough. So because of that, people were having to try a roll like a 18 or 19 or higher to just succeed. If they start off with really strong rolls, the game might have got really easy because they would have to roll like I don't know, five or better. And luckily, and I'm not sure with more playthroughs if this would be a consistent theme, our characters really struggled with having to meet the requirements of the honor system. Except for Becky who played pretty good and the whole time she was having to try to get like a 14 or 15 or so. So pretty normal like Dungeon Dragons like difficulty class. Unlike Brad and Travis, who were having to get like 18 or 19, which was very difficult considering they only had like plus two or maximum plus four for their role. Like what I was saying with Honor and Dishonor, what's interesting about this game is that it's not like Dungeons and Dragons where it's very loose and open to encounters. An encounter starts with the DM describing the situation and the players can have some discussion between themselves that's really set by whoever goes first because we describe what happens in the game we played. For example, one of the opening scenes, some bandits stepped out kind of like an ambush, a classic D&D ambush, but they just killed a whole bunch of villagers who didn't pay them their toll before the characters showed up. And when those uh, villagers escaped, they confront our heroes and they say, hey, we got this really cool mace, a magical mace. If you go get that character who escaped the villager, bring him back to us, We'll give it to you otherwise pay the toll or get out of here i think travis was the first person to get the highest result on his initiative he basically dictated what would happen for a wrestling encounter because for every round the group stalled they gained one point of dishonor because they were being slowed on their journey to the green knight the green knight challenged all these characters one year hence you have to come find me and i'll give you the wound that you gave upon me in the poem basically the green knight challenges the knight say hey try slice at me but whatever you do to me i'll do to you in one year and the knight cuts off his head but he picks up his head and rides off and the knight in one year has to go track him down and the knight cuts off his head or does not i think in the poem he does not cut off his head in the movie it's implied that he does cut off the knight's head so Going back to it, this game is about honor. That's a major theme with the movie and for this, which works really, really well. And I love it. Because in d d you kind of have to force characters to do what you want. If you're playing a bunch of characters, or if your group is playing a bunch of characters that are kind of like neutral or borderline evil, then it's going to be kind of tough. Because as a DM, if you have a very good aligned adventure, you're going to have to really kind of re-erode them into doing the adventure as you want not really as the characters would want with this characters have a mission at begin the beginning they have to complete it go find the green knight and every round they stall because they're being delayed on their quest for a green knight they gain dishonor points so characters are forced to make decisions then and now which i loved with it they have to make a decision and then they get a roll, then we move on to the next character so sometimes characters turns can be really short or very long with role-playing, we sometimes had turns that lasted, like, almost five minutes. And then once they finally made a roll to dictate whatever happens, then we moved on to next character. So rounds could be very short or very long in terms of in the world, but really, they're not really long for us. So really, I think at maximum, I think we do like, four rounds per encounter because you're constantly losing Dishonor points. So the sooner you can get the encounter over with, and have the encounter leader go, hey, this is where I choose for this encounter to end, the better, because then you can move on to the next encounter and get closer to the Green Knight. But you can't just end it too soon because at the end of the encounter, you gain and lose extra honor points depending on what you chose to do. So, like I said, in the beginning encounter, being encounter, Bandits say, hey, go get this villager that escaped us, come back, we'll give you a mace. If the heroes chose to do that, They would have got a really cool shiny mace with some magical properties. But on the other hand, at the end of the counter, they would have lost dishonor points, or I guess gained dishonor points, because they did a dishonorable thing of bringing this poor villager to them. The heroes in our playthrough decided to just skip that and just ignore the villager and the bandits and just go on their way. So while they didn't lose points for bringing the bandits the captive, they did lose points because they left the poor villager alone in the woods and did not confront and defeat the bandits who are still at large. So that first encounter went really poorly for, uh, Brad, Becky and Travis, cause they lost a lot of honor points. Cause they kind of were trying to move on to next encounter as quickly as possible. So in future encounters, they slowed down a, a little bit and they said, okay, what is the best thing for us to do? The most honorable thing to do, which is like I said, the theme of the green knight. So, I really love that. I love the mechanics force you to make decisions here now. Instead of like D&D, like we have a very loose, open discussion of what characters do, use the role playing, and once an actual combat happens, then we roll initiative. And as you roll initiative, even if you're not fighting and we're given a challenge, even if it doesn't involve combat, and you have to decide what would your character do? What does the group do? But sometimes what the group does is dictate what by the person in front of you did. If one character goes off into the woods, the other characters are kind of forced to go with that character, which I love. So encounters are fairly short, characters have to decide what is the best for my character and for the game, and then we move on. With every roll, you gain honor points or lose those honor points. So mechanics for me, spot on five out of five for me for how the mechanics in this game work. So for everything else in this game, presentation, I guess we'll give a rated. Um, I would give this game also a five out of five for presentation. Well, I'm not a fan of the maps and the character sheets, which are kind of on cheap paper, the rest of the game, the box, the rule book, the art in the rule book are beautiful and matches the theme of the movie. And also classic, like Celtic medieval, uh, stories. Uh, really well done presentation the points that would be taken away from this game had nothing to do with the mechanics or really playing the game because the game itself was fun to do because it was very much different than D&D there's a lot of medieval themed role-playing games out there of course D&D is the most popular one but this is the one that is very much different because of its mechanics set in a little bit of course there's no dwarves or elves in this game But a medieval setting is sort of a medieval setting. We've played that before a lot with this. though, it's so different that you can't really compare it to D&D or really any other role playing game that I personally played before. The points that this game would lose would be from replayability, because like I said, this game is so well structured that every encounter, the game developers probably thought of how long it would take for them to defeat or get past said encounter. Even at the end of the counter, they are given extra honor points or lose honor points, depending on the choices they made. And as a DM, I would have a, kind of like a struggle with that. Like I probably would be able to, but it would be way, way more difficult than improvising or even writing my own Dungeons and Dragons encounter way harder. Cause it's all about pace and structure. If I write it out and I don't either give enough honor points or take away honor points, the game is either going to be way, way too easy or way too hard. And really, besides the three adventures on the back, which are just more as um, kind of a love letter to more A24 films and just kind of like an Easter egg sort of, I'm not sure whatever adventures you would do because the Green Knight poem is a Green Knight poem and there's no other, like, continuation of the story. Like, I guess you can do... Adventures with the other knights at the round table, but depending on who you pick, the themes of honor might not be the same. So I had to take points away from that. So overall, the Green Knight is a fun role playing game, and I would probably give it a four out of five. It was fun to play. I don't think I'll ever play it again, or at least we won't play it again. Maybe I will run it for a different group of friends one time, or if I run like a event at a Comic-Con, maybe I'll run there, but personally, I would not play it again because I've done everything that I could. The adventure is very well written. It was fun to play, but with no other expansions to this, I don't think I would play again. But, on the other hand, this is a tie-in to a movie. And also, buying this off A24's website, this game is only $35. It's not even that much. Almost every role-playing game book I have on my shelf most of which I've not played yet are 50 or more so in comparison $35 for this really well-presented game box and game even if it's for only one session of play that's not bad you really can't beat that especially if you're a fan of the movies or the themes of this game so overall I would say Green Knight is a fun role-playing game if you're into themes of honor medieval culture classic medieval culture about you know D&D magic and epic fantasy, or of course if you love the movie, or just like trying new role-playing games, you just like trying a v- uh, very wide variety of games. Because I think this game does do a good job, of not just being another D&D clone like the Wendy's role-playing game they put out. There is a lot of thought and care. that went to this game and I give it a four out of five, and I recommend it. So thanks for listening to. The Beer and Pretzel Podcast's review of The Green Knight. It was just me today, but I want to talk about The Green Knight and my experiences running the game. If you enjoyed this episode, we are on most podcasts and platforms, and I hope people can check us out there and listen to our episodes where the whole cast is involved, not just me. Because those episodes I'm really proud of in the work that I put in for the music and sound effects, but also the gang getting together and playing different role-playing games are really fun to do also listen back to. So people check that out. And if people want to support the podcast more, give us a review on iTunes, because I really enjoy reading them. And uh, it really means a lot to us when we get to hear positive feedback from our listeners. Yep, this is Austin. Sign off and I'll see you next time with a couple episodes of Tales from the Loop, which is based off the book and also the TV show on Amazon Prime. So I'll see you next time on the Beyond Pretzel Podcast.